Tommaso Cardullo's website reads, Tommaso recalls a time in Italy not long ago when he would wander the cobblestone streets of Sicily and routinely discover goods crafted with precise attention to design and quality. Each week, new items were displayed in windows of the shops he would pass on his walk to school, end quote. Today, Tommaso Cardullo designs products for companies like Nordstrom, Kenneth Cole, and Neiman Marcus. His designs are made in the same factories as luxury brands like Gucci, Burberry, and Dior. There is no denying that Tommaso is a lover of beautiful things, but the most beautiful gift he's been offered in his life is not a material possession. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ, which he accepted as a 19-year-old living in Italy. This is All In, an LDS Living podcast where we ask the question, what does it really mean to be all in the gospel of Jesus Christ? I'm Morgan Pearson, and I am so honored to have Tommaso Cardullo on the line with me today. Tommaso, welcome. The pleasure is mine, Morgan. The pleasure is mine. Well, I am so thrilled to have you on our show and so excited to talk about your growing up and to learn more about you. I absolutely loved prepping for this interview because, first of all, we have some things in common. I also love fine chocolate. And so hearing you talk about that a bit on some other things was fun. And then I also just love your accent. And I think everybody that listens to this episode will love hearing just hearing you speak. So my first question for you is you are a connoisseur of beautiful things. That's a common trend that I found as I prepped for this. And you attribute that to growing up in Italy. So I wondered if you could tell me a little bit about your upbringing in Italy and how that made you a lover of beautiful things. Uh, uh, Thank you, Morgan. Well, first of all, I want you to know, this is exciting. I am honored and privileged to 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 be part of this uh, podcast, and and um, so I feel very blessed about it. Uh, and my life has been filled with blessings. You know, even being born in Italy, it was definitely a chosen blessings. You know, I I must have won the lottery in in the pre-existence, but. It was a wonderful, wonderful experience. You know, I was born in Sicily, in uh, Messina, and, uh, you know, uh, by really goodly parents. My mother and my father were very, very close, very, they loved, they respect one another. I mean, they were an amazing example of a beautiful couple. And then, um, you know, it was just uh, very close to the ocean. Uh, behind me, there was this uh, volcano called Etna that, that was just beautiful. I mean, literally the surrounding were uh, spectacular, but not just the surrounding, the fragrances. Every season had a different fragrance. I, you know, uh, I, I am a person that love, I'm a sensorial person. And uh, okay. that's why I have uh, also a hobby that, that awaken the senses. And we will probably talk about those uh, later on. But being born in Italy was just um, a testament that uh, life is beautiful, that uh, we are surrounded not only by beautiful landscaping, but the, the history. The, the, I, f- I felt like... Uh, the walls of this city where I used to play or or, 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 or go to school were talking about story of uh, 
civilization and people. It, it really was enriching. I I feel I am who I am because of that nurturing from um, from a very young age. Well, I love that you mentioned that you have these hobbies that awaken the senses. And and I think at least a couple of the hobbies, I think you enjoy good food and then you lead chocolate tastings when you're not designing clothes. What is rewarding about these hobbies that, that awaken the senses in that way? You know, it's a very interesting. Uh, one thing is I do chocolate tasting, but believe it or not, I do not like chocolate. I have, I have a very savory palate. So okay. the, the sweets are not uh, innate to me. However, two things. One, number one, I married a beautiful uh, girl that loves chocolate. She eats chocolate every single day. I mean, so do I. See, <laughs> we will be best friends. You know, she, she uh, so, so I'm surrounded for the last 31 plus years, someone that loves chocolate and, 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 and cherish and some friend of mine opened a place here in Provo called Taste. They, they have a chocolate factory. And um, they invited me to taste some of these chocolates. And then, because of my passion for food, for beautiful things, they asked me to, to do these fine chocolate presentations, where uh, one or twice per um, month is my hobby. In fact, I was there just uh, last Monday, I just do this presentation where I teach people about fine chocolate and uh, teaching them how to, uh, you know, inhale the fragrances the, uh, you know, 80% of, uh, of an experience is in the nose. That's why we Italian have big noses because we wanted to embrace everything fully, you know? And so, you know, we inhale the chocolate and we put it in our mouth. We let it melt it right, left, front, back and create this, uh, really this, uh, sensorial experience. In fact, more senses you involve, more memorable is the experience. And so this chocolate, uh, something that uh, was not pleasurable for me, now has been a journey. Every every time I try a chocolate from Lithuania, France, Italy, even England, you know, I just discovered a new personality, new, it's, it's a journey. And then beside the chocolate, we also do uh, vinegar fine uh, uh, drinking vinegar, balsamic vinegar, and that's another story. I mean, that's opened a new, new horizon. And it's so amazing. I'm telling you, it, I, I do this one for an hour and a half. It is uh, a sensorial experience. It's an experience. In fact, one of the things that lately I am uh, discovering, the life, many of us live life with an ROI mentality, a return on um, investment. investment. I lately discovered that life should be a ROE, a return on experience. More experience we enjoy, more memorable this life is going to be. My slogan in my business is very simple. It's carpe vitam. It's a, 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 a phrase from Latin that means seize life. And that's what I do. I just uh, enjoy life in every aspect, even in those that maybe are non-natural, like chocolate. Chocolate was non-natural for me. But now, after experiencing these fine chocolates, wow, it's just, just a different a different uh, level, a different experience. Uh, it's, a, it's a very special uh, journey. Anyway. 
It's so fun. It's so fun to hear you talk about it. So let me ask you this. So I love, I love that slogan for your business. I love the idea of, of seize life. How would you say, Tommaso, that we find, or how do you find the beauty in the mundane or the everyday? How do we better appreciate the gift of life? Because this is something that I'm catching on. I feel like you're very good at. And some of us may not be as talented at finding the beauty in, in the world around us. That's a beautiful question. And you know, I have learned, in especially since I became a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, that everything starts with a gratitude art. I start my day with a prayer. And uh, I, I get up around 5, 5.15 every morning. I go on my knees and my prayers. Then I get ready to go to the gym. And on my way to the gym, I have a little ritual. I say another prayer. It's a prayer of gratitude. I look at the mountains that, that surround where I live. Even when it's dark, I, I, I look, uh, I feel my body. I say, wow, I am healthy. I am, you know, I'm 60, but I, I feel like I'm 30. You know, I, I, I just start, everything starts with gratitude. A, gra- a gratitude art set the stage. And everything else Literally, it's, it's, it's a crescendo. And, you know, life has high and has lows, but I always say, look at the glass, are full. It takes the same amount of energy to look at the glass, are full or are empty. But the outcome is diametrically opposite. And I think that's um, one of the things that helps me to really seize life. It's just a positive uh, our look, trying to look at the positive, you know, uh, uh, it's all in us. You know, we can, we can uh, uh, place rocks in our backyard or we can place flower. But after a little while, we, when we look at our backyard, they say, wow, it looks like a, a rockery or looks like a, a beautiful garden. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, and I, I love what you said about waking up early. Have you always been an early riser? I, 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 I was since I was a child. So it's just uh, in, in my DNA in a way, you know, it, so it's not difficult for me. Yeah. Well, I love that because, and I love what you said about, you know, driving to the gym and thinking about, you know, I'm, I'm alive and I have this body that allows me to do this. Tommaso, you have said that you're now living the dreams that you had as a teenager. I'm curious in terms of your career and all of that, what you mean by that? Uh, you know, since I was a teenager, I mean, maybe 15 years old, I remember being uh, in my uh, philosophy class in high school and I love to design. I love to. Do, I, I was not a great sketcher, but I loved it. I loved it. So one, two, a thousand, ten thousand hours, I sketched uh, little fashion uh, figurines. So I always wanted to be a, a designer since I was literally fifteen. That I remember, and uh, then you know, then I joined the church when I was nineteen. Uh, I uh, the church became this pearl of a great price for me, where I felt like. I sold everything I had to buy this pearl, okay? And so I was afraid that my passion for, for fashion would compromise my, 
my new faith, my new principle. I remember very clearly, like it was yesterday, telling every father, please help me to succeed as a designer, but please don't let me fail and deny what I know today to be true. And he has been generous, kind, patient with me, where I have uh, used the gift that I have to design clothes. And, and I believe that this is a gift and that, that is given by, by Heavenly Father. And, uh, and now I'm doing really what I love. In fact, I was just talking yesterday to a friend of mine. There was a period of in my life where I was doing very well. I was designing, you know, for Nordstrom, Neiman Marcus, Target, you know, all these uh, big department and specialty store. It was fun to see my, my, my creation, you know, around on the street, on the airport. But I, I came to a point where I felt, but this is uh, what contribution I'm making. You know, it's ephemeral, it's worldly, it's nothing major. But this last uh, couple of years, I, where I started my company as a, as a, a custom fashion designer, I not only create, but also connect with people. And I help people to tap on the divine, to see how beautiful they are. And when I create clothing that makes them feel powerful, you know what happened? They feel empowered and they walk with confidence and, and appreciation. When they feel good about themselves, they share goodness and, and, and enjoy around. So now I really feel, wow, something that I felt is a, was ephemeral, a worldly, now has a purpose. I am helping people to realize that we all are sons and daughters of God. You know what I say? I, at the end of the day, I feel I'm like a mechanic. I see people as Formula One cars, Ferrari, Maserati, Lamborghini. And what I do, I tune up. They are already the ultimate machine. I just uh, make them feeling ready to win the race. It has been a very rewarding, gratifying day. Can I tell you, I feel the spirit every day, every day. It's just incredible. So that's why I feel like lately, wow, I feel like I'm getting closer to the the, um, uh, nature of my creation, you know. That's so powerful and and I think so true. And I think there are so many different ways in which we can do that. But I love that you've found your way to do that. Tomasa, when you were 19 years old, you came in contact with two missionaries. I wondered if you could tell me a bit about how you met the missionaries and how you came to know that the church was true. Yeah, you know, that was what really definitely one of the most... um, so. Uh, my father passed away maybe four months prior. And uh, I always wanted to be a designer, as I mentioned. And I felt there was a gift that God gave to me purposely. And so I, one day I did this collection of uh, dresses and uh, clothing. And I wanted to take it to a man that was working with Giorgio Armani. And uh, I was so excited, totally excited. So I had my portfolio. I remember I, I even skipped school, you know, but I was 18. So I, I, it was okay. I, I could sign my own uh, release. And I just took the train and went uh, to take this portfolio to, to, to meet with this uh, businessman in, in Italy. And the train was packed. I mean, packed with people standing up and there was just one open seat. 
And next in this city, there were three missionaries of the Church of Jesus Christ, or the saints. I waited five, 10 minutes, and nobody was sitting. So finally, I sat down. And while I was seated there, I literally heard a voice telling, talk to them. But you know, I they were sleeping, except one was reading, but the other two were asleep. And uh, I was preoccupied and focused to, to prepare myself for this meeting that I just uh, didn't think much about this, this little impression. But again, the impression came the second time, talk to them. And but again, they were asleep, so it was not anything that I could do about it. But the third time I hear, talk to them. And while I hear this small voice, then missionary next to me woke up. I knew it was foreign. He was, you know, fair with blonde hair. So, so I said, hey, do you speak English? I said, oh yeah, I speak English, but I do speak Italian too. And they start to tell me they were missionary of the church of Jesus Christ, rather the saints. They were there serving as a full-time missionary for, uh, for their church. And they start to tell me about the story of Joseph Smith. You know, I was never, uh, I never, never, never in my life uh, had the desire to investigate or join a different church. I was very active in, my, in the Catholic Church. You know, growing up, I was an altar boy. There was a time when I was 10, I used to go to church every single day, serving the Mass with a, with a local priest. I even met the the Pope uh, when I age 16 for a, for a conference for the youth of all Europe. So I was a spiritual person by nature, but again, but there was something special about this young man that I said, you know, I would like to know more about your church. But they lived two hours away, an, an hour, 45 minutes away. So I gave them my grandfather's address. Anyway, to make a long story medium, my wife said I never make long story short. I just, uh, I just get uh, a, a message from my grandfather say, this American friend of yours were looking for you. And I said, American friend of mine, who are this? And I didn't know, I had no clue. But again, that, so I went to look for them and I got lost. I didn't find them. But again, for some reason, this, this uh, curiosity was just uh, in, in, on my mind. So the week after, I went again to see my grandfather and I felt again impressed. Go and look for this American friend of yours. So in those days, they were not uh, GPS. So I, I had my Vespa typical Italian boy looking around to, and finally I found uh, the place. It was a garage. I went inside this garage, not knowing what, uh, what to find. And then while I was going inside, one of these missionaries was there. And it was a great surprise for me because I didn't know who I was going to look for. It was a great surprise for him because he said, Oh, wow, this is Tommaso. And the journey started where they start to teach me about the restored gospel. It was amazing. I literally looked forward every single week to meet with these young people. And then um, the missionaries that were closer to my town, they started to come to visit me. So another couple of missionaries came to visit me. And I remember loving the gospel. But when they told me that I, I, I should think to be baptized, I said, no, I, I, I've already been baptized, but they invited me to pray. And I will never, never, never forget that evening where I was uh, on my bed, uh, laying on my bed, looking at the ceiling and just uh, asking Heavenly Father with pure intent, with a sincere heart, 
is this church your church? And the answer was very clear and very direct. He said to me, I want you there. And the day after, I start to talk to all my friends about this desire to join the Church of Jesus Christ, Lord of the Saints. And regardless of the fact that if my mother would have found out, Third World War would have exploded. But, you know, I don't want to say I didn't care, but I was so excited about getting that answer that was intimate. He told me directly, I want you there. And that was beautiful. Tommaso, you mentioned that if your mom had found out, it would have been the third, third World War. Your mom was not happy when you joined the church. And I loved, you shared something with her that I thought was really interesting. I wondered if you could tell listeners what you said to your mom about your decision to be baptized and how you've seen what you promised her to be fulfilled in your life. Yeah, thank you for asking. That's a very precious experience for me. You know, my mother and I were very close, very close. You know, I was the oldest son. She was a widow. And I felt this uh, responsibility, but also this beautiful connection. I mean, she and I were very, very close friends. So when she uh, heard that I um, I, I got baptized and I, I, I wanted to go, I used to go to church every Sunday. It took me an hour and a half to, 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 to travel to, to church. She really was upset to a point that once she was so, so upset with me that she said, uh, when I came back from, from church, say, you have two options. Either you uh, accept this church or you accept us. If you accept this church, you, you're no longer welcome in this family and that's it so for a week i didn't talk about it and uh, sunday came get up you know early getting ready to go to church to take uh, the train and so on and so forth and uh, my mother said well i guess you made your decision and i told my mother and i think it was inspiring by i said mom i love you yeah i love my savior and this church I, I don't see why I need to choose between two things that I, I think they can, you know, live together, marry together. I, I want both in my life, but this is your choice. So I left, went to church, uh, returned around uh, 1.30 uh, in the afternoon with a big question mark, will the door be locked or um, will I be accepted? And, um, and, uh, she had a, a softening of heart because my mother was beautiful and kind, but she was also strong and very stubborn. And she just said to me, I really haven't had a hard time with this. As a result of that, I say, mom, as I mentioned, I love you, but I want you to know one thing. You shall see a tree by its fruits. If the fruits of this choice of mine are good, then the tree is good. If the fruits of this, of this choice are going to be bad, then I would be the first one to say, you were absolutely right. I made the wrong decision. It took decades and decades, but my mother one day told me, Tommaso, do you remember when you told me about the tree? I want you to know it has been a good tree. And that 
I, the joy that I experienced that day, it was full and complete. Because even though there were probably two decades, she saw that the way I lived my life, the way I raised my children, the way my children were uh, living life was an example of uh, a good choice. That's so sweet. I love that she, that it kind of came full circle. You had a bit of a unique experience that I think a number of people have within the church um, in that you served a mission shortly after joining the church. You served in London, England. What was it like for you to serve a mission as a recent convert to the church? So, so, you know, I, I did not serve immediately after. I, I wanted to. I wanted to. In fact, I, okay. served, I served the mini mission two weeks uh, after I joined the church for two weeks. And then uh, I, I talked to my mother. I said, Mom, I'm, I'm 20. I want to serve a mission. And she said, no, there is, you are going to kill me. There is no way that you are going to serve a mission. So age 21, I did the same. And she said, on my dead body, there is no way that you are going to serve a mission. At age 22, I did it again. At this time, I just very, I felt very prompted. In fact, a friend of mine that went to the temple in Zollikoff in Switzerland, uh, she said, Tommaso, we pray for you uh, while we were at the temple. I think you should go on a mission. And I, I really felt the spirit so strong that I said, okay, I will send the paper. Eh? C'est la vie. We see what is going to happen. <laughs> So that call came and I was called to the England London mission. And my mother, oh, she was furious. I mean, literally, probably the, some of the worst time in my life was uh, the time between when my mother found out that I was going to a mission to the time that I went on a mission. And, um, but it's a long story. I will not, I will not share everything, but I can, I want to share another, only one thing that uh, finally through truly miracles, I, I was able to, to leave at age 23 to go on a mission. And for the first three, four months, I was extremely worried about my mother. I used to write to her every week. She never wrote to me. Uh, I used to call her uh, once a month just uh, to make sure that she felt that I was loving her and caring for her, sometimes even twice a month. But um, month number four, she sent me a letter, the first and only letter that she sent me. And she said, Tommaso, I had a couple of dreams lately, but there's one dream that I it really meant a lot to me. In this dream, I saw the Savior, Jesus Christ. He was coming towards me. He was holding your hand. And he said to me, you see your son, he is doing my work. Support him because he will come home safely. Her heart was changed. My heart was changed. We both were already at peace to know that God was involved in, in this plan. And my mission was one of the most glorious, the most rewarding. I mean, my English <laughs> was challenging, but, but, but you know, oh, what a, an amazing experience. It truly became the foundation of who I am today, of my faith and my love for the restored gospel for Jesus Christ. 
That's such a such a great story. Also, though, I think on your mission, it was when you felt inspired to come to America and receive an education. You said that you only had $300 at the time. Was that a scary decision for you? And, and if so, how did you kind of overcome that fear? You know, it's interesting. Uh, just looking at, at my memories, it was no, it was no scary. Ex- I mean, literally, the Lord blessed me immensely. I mean, here I am. Uh, I never saved to go to, you know, to go to a a, a, a university overseas where you know it's it's much much more expensive than going to university in Italy and but everything literally the Lord it's like was preparing me the, the one of the missionaries that baptized me he said you know Tomas we were planning to to come to Italy but we don't have enough money to come there but we have enough money to have you come here so he paid for my way to come to the states okay wow one number two the Italian house, they said to me, Tommaso, uh, the head resident is getting married in a couple of months. Would you like to be the new head resident of the Italian house? So I didn't have to pay my my uh, rent and my lodging because uh, it was part of uh, of uh, me being the head resident, helping people with the Italian language. So Vavavum, another blessing. And then, you know, this lady out of the blue said, you know, uh, I want I want to sponsor you. And I met her only three days in London on my mission. I mean, literally, this is a God of miracles. He was just putting stepping stone. So even though I had $300, I had the faith he would provide. He has already provided the way for me to, to go to school here. And I'm telling you, he has been that way. This is a generous God that is eager to open the windows of heaven and pour this blessing upon us. We just need to trust him, have faith in him, and love him. Tommaso, let me ask you this in relation to what you were just saying about your relationship with God and and needing to trust God. You have called your relationship with the Godhead crucial. And you, you kind of in a previous interview that I listened to, you walked through both our Heavenly Father and our Savior, and then the Holy Ghost as well. Why, why would you say that that relationship is so crucial? And how do you suggest or how have you found to be effective in your life to form that relationship and come to, to know them? You know, I, I, I mean, I'm a simple man. I like simple things uh, like um, law of nature. I, I see things at a stool. A stool has three legs. Uh, when a stool has uh, three f- strong legs, equally balanced, you can put everything on top. I think that for many people that struggle with uh, sometimes some of the principle of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I, I, I invite them start uh, with having a relationship with God the Father, with your Savior Jesus Christ, and with the Holy Ghost, with God the Father through prayer. I love prayers. I just find that fulfilling, connecting, refreshing. Even sometimes I might be, I might be tired, but it's, it's like a muscle. More you use it, stronger it gets. And more I pray 
closer I get to Heavenly Father, I understand His voice. And then I love to have a relationship with the Savior. On my mission, is that's where I learn that the Savior is real. The Savior is uh, every time I do something to one of my brothers and one of my sisters, it's like I do it to him. And I, I got to know him by just serving, by striving to keep the commandments and, and, and to emulate his life. And that's how I got to know him. And when I was a bishop in a YSA, in a young single adult, it was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. I felt literally a conduit. I was just nothing less, nothing more that this can do it. Yeah, I could feel the love of the Heavenly Father and the, uh, our Savior Jesus Christ had for his children. Uh, and can I, I tell you, it was like he was putting this, this bucket of lava on me. I could feel this love through me. It just, it, they could feel it. Uh, we were all edified. They l- used to leave this office knowing they were loved by the Savior. He is real. He is intimately connected to all of us. So I gain a testimony about this church even more. It is His church. So, bingo. Jesus Christ lives and loves us. And then the Holy Ghost. Oh, I love, I love the Holy Ghost. I mean, literally, lately it's been so good, I feel it every day. I mean, even by talking with you, um, Morgan, I just felt uh, this this goosebumps, that's how it works with me. When I get goosebumps, I just know that everything is in harmony. And, and I'm happy. I am happy. I just say, I could even die now. I'm just in good, in good, in, in a good place. So uh, when I do the Holy Ghost, I, I try to, to keep the commandments in the best of my ability. If definitely, I am imperfect. I make mistakes every day. I love the president Nelson said, repent daily as a part of the tune-up. And you know, that tune-up helps us to become this again, this Formula One car that can win the race. Then second, listen, listen to the promptings of the Spirit. But most importantly, act upon it. I have learned, especially since I was a bishop, to listen to these promptings. Sometimes they used to freak me out, scare me. <laughs> I say, oh my gosh, how can I tell this to, to this young man? Or how can I do this? But again, if I listen to the prompting, I get more brave, more courageous, especially I see miracles. And I've seen, I mean, miracles after miracles after miracles. So in, to make a long story again, medium, if we establish this relationship with God the Father, with our Savior Jesus Christ, and with the Holy Ghost, we set our faith on firm foundations. So well said. I love the way that you broke that down. I think that those listening can probably agree with me that you exude, Tommaso, is this gratitude. And one thing that I learned as I was preparing for this interview is that you have a gratitude journal and you write in it every night before you go to bed. Well, I guess, first of all, when did you develop this habit and how has it shaped or changed your life? So I want to make a clarification. 
It's, it is not every night. I okay. <laughs> I try my best, but I, I do often. Uh, there are there are there are times. There are months and months where it's literally religiously every before I go to bed, I write these three bullet points. And sometimes one bullet point is just uh, I love the temple. As simple as that. You know, I I work in the temple on on Tuesday night. And every time it's just like this Pentecostal experience. Last Tuesday, I say I wrote. I mean, I wrote a large page in my journal because I say this temple night was um, amazing. I mean, literally, I laughed, I cried, I I I loved, I experienced. I it was incredible. So so my journal is, is just some of these things. My missionary they were the one that suggested my. The one that baptized me, he, he suggested to write it. And I, I said, you know, it was like, a, I used to say, I'm like an empty container. And I just need to be filled with good stuff. And sometimes I do a better job than others. But tell you, writing a journal has been, like, again, focusing on the blessings and counting them one by one. This is a generous God. I mean, Father in heaven, he literally, as this, the windows of heaven are filled, filled with blessing in store for us. And sometimes it's a matter of time, but sometimes it's just a, we have the key to unlock these windows. And when we use those keys, va va boom, we will get them. Va va boom. I love that. So, Tommaso, before we get to the last question, which is what does it mean to you to be all in the gospel of Jesus Christ? I wanted to kind of try to bring our interview full circle because I love this idea of beautiful things and looking for, you know, the reasons that life is beautiful. So I wondered for you, why are the things of the gospel or the things that the gospel of Jesus Christ has brought into your life? Why are those things beautiful things? Again, it, it, it is all about uh, the fruits of the tree. These simple things are quenching. They satisfy my appetite. They bring me peace. They bring me joy. They, I mean, they bring sen- a sense of gratitude. Again, I'm a simple man they, that, you know, when uh, I have a, a lot of good friends that, uh, Sometimes they struggle with some of the principles of the gospel. But I just say, you know, don't forget, remember all these good things that you're experiencing. Don't, don't throw away, or don't cut the tree just because uh, there was a bad year and some of the, the fruit got rotten. Look how many wonderful, f- fruitful, enjoyable ears you had and look who you are because of it. And the reason why I love the gospel, because I'm a better person because of it. I remember as a a 19 year old, someone told me the gospel of Jesus Christ made bad people good, good people better. And that's exactly what it does. It makes people better and better and better. I love that. Tommaso, as usual on this podcast, uh, we at the end of every episode, we like to ask the same question. And that question is, what does it mean to you to be all in the gospel of Jesus Christ? For me, it means 
I, I strive to be the same person everywhere. I strive to be the same person at the gym in the morning as I as try to be a disciple of Christ. We have uh, some time in, in my group, we call it the Carpe Vitam workout, where we don't only lift weights or, or do sprints or do, uh, you know, different uh, circuit. We talk about the gospel. Like today, we talked about, uh, about revelation or, or how we hear the voice of God in our life. I will recognize it. And then, you know, I work. I talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ to all my clients, to all my friends. Yesterday, there were these two doctors, beautiful people. They are not member of our faith, but, you know, they know that I'm a, a faithful member of the church of Jesus Christ. And we talked about the gospel in a very nonchalant, simple, but spontaneous way. And, you know, and, and, and when I go on a trip with friends, I talk about the gospel and, and my love for Jesus Christ. So for me, is Sunday is every day, you know? So for me, means a, a true disciple of Christ is a follower every minute of the day, every day of the week, every time. And, and like I said, it doesn't mean that I don't fall. Or I make mistake, but I am who I am because of my love and devotion to the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. Tommaso, thank you so much. I love what you said about Sunday is every day. I feel like that should be on like a t-shirt or something, but um, thank you very much for taking the time to be with me. And I, you're a delight. Thank you. Oh, Morgan, I am delighted. Uh, grateful and really, really, my heart is full of appreciation and gratitude. Uh, you are a beautiful person. You have a, your smile is uh, radiant. So thank you, Morgan. Thank you. We are so grateful to Tommaso Cardullo for joining us on today's episode. Big thanks to Derek Campbell of Mix It Six Studios for his help with this episode. And thank you so much, as always, for listening. We'll look forward to being with you again next week.